Welcome to First Presbyterian Church of Evanston. If you'd like more information about First Presbyterian Church of Evanston, please visit firstpresevanston.org. Our scripture reading today is from the first epistle of Peter, chapter 1, verses 1 through 2. Please join me in a prayer for illumination. Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. 1 Peter 1, verse 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen and destined by God the Father and sanctified by the Spirit, to be obedient to Jesus Christ and to be sprinkled with his blood. May grace and peace be yours in abundance. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. Today, Pastor Henry and myself are going to share a message with you that has a slightly different format than a traditional sermon or meditation that you encounter through worship. When we began reflecting on the scriptures for today, the first Peter text and the text from Acts, which describes the Pentecost event, which tells of the coming of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, we were talking back and forth about what these texts brought to mind for each of us and how we felt God was speaking through them. Now, the conversation that we had led us to think that we would take a different approach for the sermon this Sunday. We're going to have what's called a, a dialogue sermon or a conversation sermon. And just rather than just one of us reflecting on the scriptures with you, we wanted to be in conversation with each other and, and, and to share with, with you what we think that these scriptures reveal to us about God, uh, the questions that they pose about our lives, and how we are to live as Christians during our COVID-19 spring and summer. So today we encounter two scripture texts, and one was shared uh, with us through the children's message, through that wonderful story uh, illustrated and, and done by the author. Um, and it's the story of the Pentecost, the story of the coming of the Holy Spirit, or sometimes what we refer to as the birth of the church. The second text we heard, read wonderfully by Audrey, one of our high school youth, uh, is 1 Peter verses one, one, uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, a text that reminds us what it means to be a Christian believer. Now, I have to say, as Pastor Henry and I were talking, I reminded him that Pentecost might just be my favorite of all the high holy days in the church here. I mean, Christmas is great. Who doesn't like seeing all the little kids dressed up as sheep, telling, retelling the story of Christ's birth, or shouting Alleluia, he is risen with the trumpets punctuating our hymns on Easter. I like Pentecost, I think partly because it feels like the underdog of the high holy days in the church. I mean, it gets pretty short shrift. 
I mean, most of the time, it feels like it often gets thrown in as an afterthought to Easter, if, and that's a big if, we even celebrate it all at all. I love it for a couple different reasons, though. The first being, and maybe the most important, that it's dedicated to wearing my favorite color, red. One Pente on Pentecost, we were all invited to wear red to remind us of the tongues of fire that came down on the very first Pentecost. I also love Pentecost because it is dedicated to celebrating the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, you aren't supposed to show favoritism to a particular aspect of the Trinity, but I'm just going to admit I have a special place in my heart for the Holy Spirit. So when, when you think about the Holy Spirit, what comes to mind? Well, I think of its wild nature. I think of the unexpectedness of it. I think of how it can motivate us and move us in ways that we never would have ever imagined. You see, I like the Holy Spirit because of the Spirit's power to save me from myself and to save the church from itself. Yeah. Now, I imagine you and all of us are wondering a little bit, what do I mean by that? I, you see, like things organized and well-planned. Pastor Henry can attest to this. Yeah. <laughs> I was clearly predestined to be a Presbyterian because to a certain extent, I love committees and process and doing things decently and in order, an age-old Presbyterian aphorism. Let me just tell you, one of the initial struggles of this quarantine, as soon as we were told we had to stay at home and all the things at church and all the things that we had planned in our own life were thrown out, um, has been that all my planning, all my lists, all my calendars have been completely trashed. Suddenly, any ability to look ahead, to set agendas, to set a longer-term path has been yanked away. All I have now, like all of us, is this moment. Maybe, maybe I can plan as far as ahead as like, you know, maybe five minutes. But beyond that, it's pretty much an act of futility. And see, this is why I love the Holy Spirit. Because you see, the Holy Spirit does the same things in our lives which is paradoxically why I love it. It blows an unannounced, just like on that first Pentecost. It takes any plans we thought we had or what we thought we knew and stirs it up or dumps them upside down. I mean, let's all think about those first disciples on that first Pentecost. Similar to us today, they were stuck inside. They were huddled in an upper room, likely the upper room from Monday, Thursday. And as they huddled in this upper room, post-crucifixion, post-resurrection, they are still wrestling with what it means to be a believer in Christ. They don't know for sure if any of what they have seen and heard is true. And many of them believe that the man, Christ, that they placed all their hope and belief in, has been murdered. And their journey to seeking the kingdom come has been completely turned over and ended. Many of them feel deserted, left all alone as exiles in a world and culture that has completely rejected them. Now, 
This might sound familiar because our first Peter reading reminds us that we are exiles. It is right there, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the exiles. To quote the singer-songwriter Tom Waits, the world is not our home, we're just a passing through. The theme of exile is biblical to its core. Think of the Israelites in Egypt. Thinking of, uh, think of the wandering through the wilderness for 40 years during the Exodus. Think of Noah on the ark, 40 days and 40 nights. Think of the kingdom of Judea, conquered, forced into exile by the rivers of Babylon, where we sit down and weep. Think of the early followers of Jesus after their Lord, their King, their Messiah was brutally executed by the Roman government. Exile, all of it exile, cast out, alone, afraid, far from the familiar, the comfortable, the safe. Exile. Now, the experience of exile can take on many different forms. It can feel like an unending wilderness journey that has been thrust on you by forces outside of your control, like war, economic collapse, disease. It can also be the feeling of choosing a path professionally or personally that puts you at odds with your family and friends. It can be having values and beliefs that put you uh, against the dominant culture. Yet, one thing that we want to draw attention to today is the feeling of exile our black brothers and sisters feel for simply existing in their skin. Ahmad Aubrey. George Floyd. We say their names because we want to draw attention to the fact that they were killed for being black men living in America. Racism is a sin. The Pentecost story tells us that the Holy Spirit is poured out on all flesh, not just white flesh or black flesh or any hue of flesh that you could imagine but all flesh. We were all made in the image of God. And the Spirit, it's poured out. It's poured out in copious amounts on every single one of us. To our black brothers and sisters, we say this. We are sorry. sorry. We are listening. We commit ourselves to work against the forces of racism in our society and world, and we will remember those we've lost. Let justice roll down like waters, unrighteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Not all exiles look alike or are felt to the same degree or in fact have much to do with one another. One person's pandemic experience can look and feel very different from another. 
And my experience as a Christian white man in America is very different from Pastor Ray's and other people of color. So although I may have an experience of exile, I am not saying that it equates. What I am saying is this. The Bible tells us that as Christians, we are a people in exile. And so to a people in exile, 1 Peter verse 2, chapter 1 verse 2, in particular reminds us of three things. One, we have been chosen and destined by God the Father. Chosen and destined by God. We have been sanctified, number two, we have been sanctified by the Holy Spirit. And three, even in the midst of our exile, we are reminded that we are chosen, destined, and sanctified to be obedient to Jesus Christ. I like all those points, and I think it really does help drive many of those things home for us. But here's the kicker in verse 3. Ours is not a dead, wishful thinking, but a living hope. A living hope. By God's great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. This is our hope, chosen by a God, by our God. For a time such as this, we are sanctified by the Spirit into a life transformed by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To be sanctified by the Spirit is to recognize our God-given call to live as Jesus would have us live. To being open to God working in and through us, the Spirit moves us to this place. Like at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit brings us out of exile and pushes us and works through us to become vessels, catalysts that enable others and ourselves to move from exile to hope. So the world is not our home, but we are living in it now. And so we are called to press on. We are called to put one foot in front of the other and keep moving. And while we do that, we hold on to Jesus. And we allow the living, vibrant, Holy Spirit of God to enter our hearts, to compel us forward, to help us face the really hard and difficult and tough questions that we need to face in this world today. We are not defined by exile. No, we are not. But we are defined rather by the God who leads us, who leads us this day and who continues to lead us in the days to come. So I invite you all on this Pentecost day to spend time reflecting, where is the Holy Spirit calling you in what ways is it stirring your soul? What things feel uncomfortable? What injustices do you, do you find knocking at your door that you are no longer willing to sit idly by and let happen? I call you to let the Spirit move you 
and let us as a community of faith find out the interesting and exciting and powerful ways that God is leading us. Amen. And amen.